Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed, and welcome, guys, to another episode. Hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed doing this show with you, and I just am so grateful for you guys to tune in each Friday on Passion Project here You guys, um, if you are just tuning in with us, welcome to the show. Um, If this is your first episode with us, you came for this guest. I really appreciate it. If you liked what you heard on the show, go back and listen to some episodes. Um, Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, leave us a review down below and I will read your review on a future episode as well. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, passionproject.pod. We'd love to hear from you guys as well. All of this below in the description, but if you do want to reach out to us, um, recently have had some incredible people reach out to be on the show. So uh, if you want to be on the show, if you want to suggest a guest, uh, or if you just have any questions for me about the show or even my life, I will be glad to answer them on the show. Um Email us, um, passionprojectpod.org at gmail.com. That's all below, down below in the description as well. If you also want to follow my Instagram, that's also down below as well as the guests for this show. All right. All of that. Uh, also, if you haven't yet, go check out our website, passionprojectpod.org. Um, it's a fun party over there. You can also contact us on the website. You can look at some photos of our guests if you haven't already seen them. Um, yeah, just go check that out as well. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, this week on Passion Project, we have just such a lovely guest, someone I am just so excited she said yes to the show. Um, her name is Lindsley Register. Uh, as you guys will hear, we uh, go way back. I mean, we've known each other for like six years, I think. So that's pretty crazy. Um, old college friends. Um, we talk, uh, Lindsley, of course, is an actress and a performer. We talk all about how she got into the business. Um, she was on shows, of course, like The Walking Dead and House of Cards, and we talk about her journey on those shows. Um, and we also get into, you know, what Lindsley, um, what advice she has for any future upcoming performers um, in the business as well. So what a delight to have Lindsley on the show. Go follow her, all of that stuff down in the description below. Um, We plug it at the end as well of the show. But without further ado, here is episode 42 of Passion Project. Listen, if, if the pandemic really has taught us anything, it's like meme. Like memes are amazing. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is a, that is a valid coping mechanism. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, we can get right into that. Okay, first of all, is Lindsley? Is that like that's new, right? Um. Yeah, I started to go by the name Lindsley um, when I started acting professionally. Okay. Um, also, I don't have to keep this in, but when, when we were emailing, I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure before it was Lindsay. And then, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, I wonder if like, like, I assume you have a SAG card and everything like that. So 
um i i wondered like oh was that name taken or was it something that <laughs> no it actually wasn't and it's you know this would be my first time like talking about it in an interview i've, I've never really like spoken about it before if you want it's totally up to you yeah yeah totally um <laughs> And, you know, what really came from that, or well, why that came about is because, like, I just, I struggled so much mm. auditioning professionally. Right. And, and, and even before, like, auditioning professionally, like, auditioning in the theater department, like, mm. I just didn't have the confidence. I didn't, um, like... I just, I didn't know how to like have the get up. And yeah. so I just like, I just started to use this tool of like kind of pretending like, well, what if I was someone else auditioning yeah. like right now, like, you know, someone with like this instrument, this voice, this body and like whatever. And so I just got like, it kind of sort of developed an alter ego and, you know, gave a spin on my name. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know, it was like a way of like compartmentalizing, mm -hmm. you know, for me. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, obviously, like, you've heard so many actors do that with, like, you know, different names. Like, the one that comes to mind always is, like, Natalie Portman. Like, that's not her real name. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. About Natalie Hirschlag, I think, was her original name, which is, like. Oh, really <laughs> I have heard that. Okay, yeah. Um, Hirschlag, yeah. So, um, I totally get it. I was just, like, when we were, when I saw it, I was, like, wait, was that what it was before? And I just wasn't, like, <laughs> remembering. <laughs> I got you, you. Well, you got it welcome welcome to the show I'm so excited that we're able to talk and um I've uh, you know different coasts it's in technology just so great <laughs> yeah yeah happy to be here um for those that don't know Lindsay uh Lindsley uh, listen see I'll be doing that like the whole episode <laughs> um we uh she I was at a uh, the way we met is I was a the theater went to a theater camp and she was my counselor and the rest is history <laughs> um we were saying even before recording like that feels like so long ago and it's just it's crazy that yeah it's been so fun to like watch where your career has gone um it's been really cool so that was such a fun summer I had it was so, so fun, fun yeah. I had so much fun at that theater camp <laughs> honestly so I don't know if you remember but I came like a day later than like everyone else did because I went to a wedding okay and yes. I went with Michael Brennan I came the day or maybe Jacob I can't remember and um so every I got there and all the kids were like oh are you a counselor and I was like <laughs> no <laughs> you did look older than everyone yeah 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 and I have the beard and everything right yeah yeah so I had to like live with that for the whole week <laughs> and then automatically I kind of like latched onto you guys more than I did like the other kids not that, like the kids are great but I was like no I kind of like these older people a little bit better yeah you're an old soul yeah <laughs> so um yeah I'm excited to talk all about you know acting of course and then where your career's gone and Walking Dead I can't wait to talk about that um but first, what I've been kind of talking to people about, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, but the just people's like COVID journey and like what that's mm -hmm. been like for you and how you've been processing. I know like the entertainment, obviously I've talked to a couple people in the entertainment industry. I mean, it's a big, that's a broad term industry, but um, it's been quite a year for you guys. <laughs> so, but talk about like what it's been like for you and how you've been processing and all of that. 
I look at like COVID and quarantine for me the past year. Whoa, it's been a year. (laughs) And by the time this comes out, it'll almost be exactly a year. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) anyways um I kind of look at it in like I had like these chapters like segments like Mm -hmm. the first the first chapter you know I was living with my partner at the time and I was just like so thankful to be like at home and like slowing down and enjoying like taking care of my plants and like (laughs) you know I was getting in on the like baking and um I had like a little pod of like we had uh, there was four of us like that we saw each other and like played board games like every mm-hmm. night it was like really lovely time and I felt a little guilty about enjoying it so much but I you know I was having all those revelations about like oh, slow living is really important to me and like you kind of want to figure out how to get out of the hustle um and you know it it evolved from there I ended up losing um a relationship that was really important to me and it became like a year of kind of intense loss and really coming to terms with like you know just all these big questions have space to come in when you're not like going to work when you're not Mm -hmm. so busy you know like I just have time to sit with myself and think about like am I doing what I want to be doing am I moving in the direction I want to be moving in like am I happy with my choices and you know for me that was really scary and um and I find myself still in that place kind of now like am I pursuing like what I want to be pursuing am I making the choices that I want to make and just trying to like take it day by day piece by piece really yeah I think there's an aspect of that being healthy because like if you're not questioning to a certain extent like it like if is this what I want to do then like maybe maybe you should look other places (laughs) yeah I don't want to let like I don't want to let life happen to me Mm -hmm. you know like I want to choose I want to be intentional about like where what do I want to do and where do I want to go and like Mm -hmm. okay well how do I get there now Mm -hmm. um so I'm I you're right it is good to be to be thinking about that stuff even though it's like scary too yeah well, we've talked about with a bunch of people on this show how this year has been like, you know, COVID year has been like just like forced introspection and like mm-hmm. forced like self-reflection and like, like I work at a counseling office. So like people have been to th- like therapy has been way up <laughs> and yeah. um, which is good for our business, but, <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a lot. I mean, it's a lot of, yeah, being alone and like being like, oh yeah, what, what, you know how do I think about think about my own thoughts sometimes it's like yeah it's yeah. A, it can be a lot <laughs> I bet you're hearing the same thing over and over again from people just like I'm going crazy being at home all the time I'm so <laughs> lonely um like I'm bored I'm well I see a lot of kids too so like okay a lot of them are like school on <laughs> like doing school online and I'd probably say like maybe over half of them don't like it. Like 80% like do not like school online. Yeah. Um, which I totally we're, get. It. I mean, I'm like- We were not meant to live our lives through this little like box here. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, I go to book club on Thursday nights <laughs> in my little box. I go to my women's group on Wednesday nights in my little box. I go to my therapy session on Wednesday afternoon yeah. with my little box. Yeah. And like, it's like, it's like life became 
we were just like living our life all these little cool. boxes yeah you're right i don't like the little <laughs> electronic box yeah. <laughs> i want to yeah. see people you know face to face interaction sharing meals exchanging things mm-hmm. like physical touch so important so important yeah and i'm an extrovert i i i think you are too from what i, I am yeah yeah and, yeah it's been really hard for <laughs> For people on the audio, Lindsley's cat is coming in on the video. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been hard because all, you know, my wife is in the medical field, so she's, I mean, she misses being with people too, but she kind of gets it a little bit more. Sure. Um, but for me, you know, there were times where I was like, man, I really want to go see people. And yeah, it, we just could, obviously couldn't. So it was like, it was very, it, it's been, it's been hard in that regard, but mm-hmm. hopefully on the, I mean, definitely on the upswing with the vaccine. So. <laughs> yes. I feel like we're so close and I yeah. know people that are getting vaccinated. So I feel like. Yeah. So Thankfully close. my wife, by the time this comes out, my wife will be fully vaccinated. So oh, um, that's amazing. very exciting. Hopefully I'm getting mine soon, but yeah. Um, I want to ask lastly, for, as far as COVID stuff, like what have you been doing as far as self-care? You mentioned a little bit, but um, I'm always fascinated what people have been doing to take care of themselves during this time. You know, um, for me, well, I hate exercising. <laughs> I hate it. I, I'm more like the kind of person like, okay, like, let's be active, but like, like we'll like go for a walk or like, I don't know, we'll go like, to the pool. And so I don't know, but like, it's been, it's been, <laughs> it's kind of in my saving grace. Like I've, got this buddy and we've been working out like four times a week and um it's true what they say about those friggin endorphins that <laughs> they, they were show- so but most days like one I, of your book right <laughs> <laughs> i i feel like most days i wake up and and because because i'm not working right now i'm i'm like you know what's something i can do today to just um, to really bring joy into the day. And oftentimes that involves like, I've got to, I've got to put on clothes and I've got to go outside. Like, even if I'm just going to like walk over to the other street and buy a coffee, or if I'm going to like go to the park and lay on a blanket for a while and read. And like some days it's much harder than others. Mm. Um, I had this little routine for a while where I just would like, I would get in the car and I would drive like the 45 minutes to an hour to the beach. And I just would like play like the most, like pump up fun music that I just want to like scream sing to on the yeah. way and that was helpful Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson yes the most angsty <laughs> like, you know cooking for friends is like really uh that really brings me a lot of joy so I just have been like I've been trying to think each day about like what's what's something I could do that could you know yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, unfortunately it, it is, especially at the beginning, it's easy. It was easy to like get in this routine of like not doing anything. And sure. yeah. <laughs> well, I love hearing that. I love hearing everyone's different. I always like to talk about that because I feel like other people can take things to yeah. what different people are doing. Um, Cause self-care is so different for everyone too. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like I wasn't, I, I couldn't have been the only one that was dealing with this, but it was like, you know, now I finally have all this time and I feel this like really intense obligation to like do the things that I said I, I've always wanted to do, you know, like, like, yeah. And it's like, like write a book, but, but you know, we're in the mi- middle of a pandemic and then, you know, there were all of this stuff going on with like the protests yeah. and politically and, you know, that, that it's like, 
it, it just was, I was fine. I was finding it really, really hard to like sit down and, and, and pull the plug on like play the piano and learn French and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I don't know, just trying to be like so gentle with myself and speak yeah. to myself like a friend would speak to me and, mm-hmm. and, and realizing that most days I do things that I really want to be doing. Like yeah. sometimes I'll be like finally practicing my French. I'll be like, oh, gotta like, gotta get to the other thing. I'm like, no, here I am doing the thing I said I wanted to do. So yeah. it, it's, what do you But think? There was a certain point, at least for me, where like, you just give yourself grace. Like, okay. It's okay. If you watch like 10 episodes of Netflix today, like it's fine. Yes. Like that's what you needed today. <laughs> It is. It is okay. Yeah. Binge through Tiger King. <laughs> um, which, uh, weirdly enough, I've been listening to a recap of Tiger King, uh, like a podcast recap, because I never listened to it when it came out of this podcast that I love. And I was like, man, why did I watch this? It was so crazy. <laughs> I don't know if you watched it, but yes. it's it was, I just, because it was so long ago, I was like, I kind of forgot what happened. And I was like, man, that was crazy. It was the car accident that none of us could look away from. Yes. We just couldn't stop looking at it. Yeah. It's like, what? what? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Ugh. Although I hate that when I'm in traffic and I'm like, why can't people just go? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, thanks. We're going to swerve away from COVID because I always say like, I feel like we'll never not be talking about COVID now, but I'm that's like, true. I just want to get away from it. I'm so not looking forward to like the next wave of film and television shows that all just involve quarantine. And it's like kind of already happened a little bit too. It and is. I'm kind of disappointed with Hollywood. <laughs> no, we don't want to be, we, no. we don't want to see any more of this. We like already lived even, it. Well, like I, I watch Grey's. So even like that is like a lot. It's, a, it's because they're doing COVID. And then we watch This Is Us, which is like one of our favorite shows. And they did, they like, like would talk about it and like wear masks and stuff but they're not like all in so like even but even that we're like really like you really had to mention it like I get it but also I don't know we miss normal life show us normal life yeah. it's like a fine line because I get if you're like a super realistic show I guess I kind of get it but yeah, yeah it's hard it's hard um well, I want to talk all about like you because I don't know that much of, I mean, obviously <laughs> I, I've had so many people on that for a long time, it was like very much the like teacher student role for me. And then now that I'm like actually an adult in quotes, um, I, and that's kind of how, I mean, for lack of better words, that's kind of how we met. I mean, like you were a counselor and I was a student and right. Um, well I was a student too I was a college student yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but especially because I mean it was only for like a week it wasn't very long so and I didn't like I would and we would see each other maybe after a couple times when I actually went to school but um yeah I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more but where did you grow up like I don't even know that I grew up an hour uh, outside of Lynchburg actually in Roanoke okay but mostly, okay. mostly Roanoke, and then and then part of my childhood was in South Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So really, just the South. Yeah. <laughs> All through and through. Did you like growing up in the South? Tell me about your experience. I, I feel like I had a great childhood. I was like, you know, I was outside a lot. I had like a great high school experience. Um, you know, I come from a big family. And so I had three siblings around, like my family traveled together. It was good. I, 
I never really like had the thought of like, oh, I don't like it here. Mm -hmm. Or I never had that like small town angst of like, gotta get out of this town. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't really know where I would live as an adult. Um, And it wasn't until I was an adult that I, I think the first big city I lived in was like, I guess I lived in Charlotte for a year, but I don't even count it because I never went out. The first big city I feel like I lived in was Vancouver, BC in Canada. Um, and then Which once I lived, city. <laughs> yeah, once I lived in a city, I was like, ooh, I really like this. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, I think I'll always live like in or outside of a city. Um, well, really, I would say the only downside to living in a big city is that it's expensive. That's the only, I mean, I would say that's the only downside. Everything yeah. else is so great, but yeah. then you're like, oh, it's so like the cost of, and then when you compare it to like Lynchburg or Roanoke, it's like, oh, <laughs> mind blowing <laughs> the difference. Yeah. Um, well, so very like kind of, I, I mean, I, I, I say this in the nicest way, but like country upbringing, like yeah, not very city life, like, yeah. Yeah. Like pretty Southern, you know, like a lot of my extended family, like have you know, thick Southern accents. And my mom is, um, her family's all from Richmond, Virginia. My dad's family, they're all from South Carolina. And so like fishing and, you know, big family Thanksgivings. And did you like doing outdoors? Like, were you very like much like, okay with doing stuff outdoors or? I wasn't super outdoorsy growing up. Like I never liked, I never loved fishing with my dad because like, I hated putting the hook. Yeah through the worm and I would always just ask I would always be like is it hurting it and my dad was like ah no (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know about that and then like so like hey (laughs) yeah I'm gonna yeah let's revisit that and um but I would fish with him and I have a few memories of us camping but I wasn't super outdoorsy growing up (laughs) Mm, yeah well and I, well, I wonder, so are you, where are you as far as sibling order? I'm three out of four. Okay. So I have two older brothers and one younger sister. And we're so all kind exactly of, I'm sure there. for a little bit, you were the youngest and then now kind of middle I childish. I was, I guess. I totally, I, I have no memories from that time of right. what it was like, but I, but you know, um, I was listening to Dax Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert. Do you ever Wonderful. listen to it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I modeled this podcast after that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the first episode when he talks to Kristen Bell, his wife, mm-hmm. I realized like I share so much in common with her. And she was saying that she was like, I have very, very, very few memories of my life. Mm. And I, I feel that way. I yeah. always thought I was like very unique in that, but like, apparently like other people experience this. I have very little memories of like growing up and even some of the ones that I do have like I don't know how accurate they are um I act- so I'm not even just saying this I actually am the same way a little bit in like so I moved to Richmond when I was seven um so ba- but I basically grew up in Richmond and um but been in Virginia my whole life I was born in Virginia and um yeah, it, I can like, I have like little memories of like spurts of things, but I always tell people like, it's hard to know whether it's like what I've seen in a picture versus like yeah. what is actually like a memory. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I always tell people like, yeah, I can't really remember a lot of my childhood. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm really fine. Like nothing <laughs> happened. 
<laughs> yeah. I, you know, I have this like hair. Oh, you can kind of see it. This like kind of like Harry Potter scar right here. Okay. Little white line um, on my forehead for the people who are listening. Um, and I always had this like very vivid idea of how I busted my head open when I was you're a, a wizard. Kid. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, that I was like, I was like, Hogwarts. <laughs> I had this very vivid picture of like how I got the scar on my head. And then one time, I think like I said it near out loud, like how I got it near my mom. My mom was like, oh, that is not how you got that scar at all. And then she tells me this like entirely different story. I was like, how did I piece together? I can't even remember what she really said happened because I still have my like implanted memory of how I got the scar. So anyways, I don't know how we got onto this, but. Do you think any of that is a result of like, like having a great imagination too and like wanting to be a storyteller like is that uh, does that make sense or it could be related it totally could be related and I've and I've read things about how like memories are just they are just fallible Mm -hmm. and over time um they become harder and harder to access and like little connections are made and they they get altered over time like they did some study where they asked somebody like where they were on September 11th and they like asked them in 2010 yep. and then they asked them again in 2015 then they asked them again in 2018 and they ch- they changed their stories each time yep, yep. i've heard of this study yeah we're not reliable <laughs> no no that's why eyewitness accounts for like murders i'm like okay really is this true like no <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah yeah well and i mean like inside out played a part in that too of like seeing all the memories and everything Oh, right. It's like one of my favorite movies ever. So I wrote anytime I get to reference it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to reference it. Um, Well, what were like, do you, I don't know if you remember, but like sibling dynamics, like, did you, did you guys all get along? Like, obviously it's, it's, I always think that's funny to say because like siblings don't get along like 70% of the time. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But do you like, remember like what it was like, did you enjoy having siblings? Like, (laughs) um, I remember the dynamic was basically like, I was always trying to get my brothers to pay attention to me. And the only (laughs) way, like, you know, a little sister knows how to is like by annoying them. So I was constantly annoying them. And then my sister, my younger sister, like uh, I was such an antagonist. I just would (laughs) like, I would like poke and just like get the, her to explode. Mm. And then she was stronger than me. So then she'd end up beating me up. <laughs> and my parents would just let it happen because they were like, they were like, you deserve it. Like, you just like, you, tr-. they were like, do you enjoy this? Like, you're, like, you're trying to get her to like explode. Because like, your sister's younger than you. Yeah. she's. Yeah, so they were probably just done. They were like, whatever. They were like, you, if, they were like, if you're going to like sit there and like poke her and poke her and poke her, like, you know, and then she's going to like, explode and beat you up they're like we're gonna let it happen because, like, <laughs> you're asking for it <laughs> was there ever a, a thought process of oh I'm not the only girl now like there's this other girl here and I never thought about it like that actually and my sister she was always like an extreme tomboy like she was the one oh, that was like always like you know she was the one that was always down to fish I mean a lot of these things too I've kind of noticed with a lot of people is like you don't think about a lot of these things while you're going while you're growing up it's very retrospectively like looking back and being like oh yeah that's mm-hmm. gonna happen. yeah mm-hmm. totally when you're in it it's like you don't realize it's just like the water you're swimming in yeah yeah 
I wonder, so when did like acting or like anything like that, like when did that start for you or was it a specific age? Was it when you were older? Or was there a through line? Like when you were little, you started becoming interested in like what you're doing now. I could see little seeds of it when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, just in that I loved performing for people. Like I love, I was, I was, oh my God, so high energy. So bouncing off the walls obnoxious this is a formal apology to everyone who knew me prior to the age of like 17 I was so obnoxious um I just you know oh god fine come here cat cat entered again cat is entering the room again (laughs) um so I could kind of see it budding maybe in that way and I think at some point when I was really little I said I wanted to be an actor I saw that zoom do you guys remember the show zoom come on and zoom come on um I saw that they were auditioning in Boston Massachusetts and I like begged my mom to take me um and you know that dream was never happened no but I look back and I'm like I really could have jump started my acting career I could totally been a zoom kid yes I could totally see it um Maybe I still can. I can play like 14, right? <laughs> and Zoom is like educational too. Like, didn't they realize that? Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> anyway, um, but I, you know, it's like a lot of people, it's like, I always say like a lot of kids like play soccer in high school, but they don't think like I'm going to be a professional soccer player. Right. So I did like, I did a couple of plays when I was, um, when I was in high school and um, really enjoyed it. And never thought about it again, never thought about doing it professionally. Cause I don't know anybody that's a professional actor. It's mm-hmm. uh, so I go to Liberty and I'm there to study something completely different. I'm there to study teaching English as a second language. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Get my teaching license. Um, what made you and, interested in that? Well, I thought that I was going to be working internationally. I speak Spanish and I was really excited to use it. And, um, I just started to have like some big life changes. I started to um, see things differently. And uh, like my, my religious approach started to change and I wasn't really seeing how this career path was gonna like, I didn't know how to make sense of it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, simultaneously, some girl on my hall, um, Kara Feraldi, if you know her, she was I like, oh, you're, yeah. she was like, you're in a play in high school. Oh my God, you've got to come to this audition. So I went and auditioned for fun, had a terrible monologue, dressed just totally inappropriately. <laughs> and I cracked when I sang. And <clears throat> if you're somehow you got in, I will be, no. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I got in a show that semester. I auditioned twice, Lindsay, and I did not get in. <laughs> it's okay. I'm well, not bitter. <laughs> it, 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 and it, this is so true. I see this happen over and over again in a professional realm as well. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes there's just like that one thing that just like works that somebody's like, yeah. oh, that thing. And my thing was like, Neil Brazier thought I looked German. He was like, mm. oh, she looks like a German spy. He's like, yeah. I think I'll call her back. Yeah. And then like for the callbacks, we had to do all these different accents. And so I went and like studied like all these different accents and then like showed up and it was like comedy and accents. And mm. so it's like, it was just like, kind of a series of luck and opportunity. So I started yeah. like, started. Well, isn't it like 80% luck in this, to a certain extent? I 
really, I mean, luck is luck and timing is mm-hmm. so much more of a variable than people want to admit. Like, yeah. yeah, you have to be talented when, when the luck arrives, mm-hmm. but like so much of it is luck of the draw mm-hmm. and timing. So yeah. anyways, I started doing shows in the department was just loving it. I, I feel like the thing I loved most about acting was how much empathy was involved in the whole process. Right. It helped me think about things differently. It helped me be a better critical thinker. I was learning how to be curious about other people really and truly for the first time and um did it help you like self-reflect too like look at yourself differently definitely yeah Uh, yeah, absolutely and so I was like and so basically Neil Brazier my um acting teacher he was like have you ever thought about doing this professionally like this is what it could look like you know to be an actor and you know Mm -hmm. not necessarily be a celebrity but to be an actor that makes money doing it and Mm -hmm. I think it there was, is a difference. There is a difference. <laughs> and because he said that, I feel like that was the, that was like the push that I needed to really yeah. pursue it. And from then I started pursuing it. I went and got an agent. So was school. there, uh, I, I like to ask this with that, with people in the, in the business of like, was there a switch of like, as far as like a, a career versus like a hobby? Like, was that the switch of him just like talking to you or was there, was there other things? Um, the way I, the way I talk about it is like this. I call it, I call it uh, a moment of perfect clarity because I, my whole life, like there's a theme of like, Lindsley doesn't know how to make decisions. Like I have a really tough time making decisions and feeling confident in the decisions mm-hmm. that I make. I'm constantly like, oh, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this good for me? Ah, what am I doing? Ah, 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 ah. So mm. Like, it's just like, it's a plague for me. But when it came to like pursuing acting professionally, it really felt, it really truly felt like I didn't choose it. It felt like I just had this deterministic moment where I just like, I don't remember what year it was in school, but it happened maybe sometime during my sophomore year where I was like, oh, um, this is just what I will do now. This is just... This is what I do now. I, I act. This, I'm an actor now. And I like, and because it was like, <laughs> because it felt like it was decided for me, I don't feel like I have to keep choosing to be an actor. It's just always going to be something that I do. Like, hmm. I, I just, I feel things. I'm a feeler. <laughs> I, that's like, it's, it, it just, it just is. Are you an Enneagram 4? I'm an Enneagram two, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are, what, what's your I'm Enneagram? actually a two as well. You are? Do you know I your am. What? Do you know your subtypes, self-preservation, social, or sexual? I have no idea. I'm so sorry. Okay. So fascinating. You, okay. I'm going to send them to you after this. You're going <laughs> to do it. Is yes. that different than wings or is that what different than wings? About? Okay. Uh-huh. I don't know too much about the Enneagram. I just know like a little bit. <laughs> But I've also, I took it, I've taken the test three times and I've gotten two, two times and then seven, one time. Uh, Twos and sevens get confused a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I tested high as a seven as well. Yeah. Because there's things in seven that I totally relate to. And Mm -hmm. there are things in two that I, and I, I actually at a church that I was going to in Lynchburg for a little bit, they did this like. like a seminar kind of on the Enneagram and um they when I went to it they were saying that like the type that you are is what you are like your whole life like you're not gonna it's not gonna like 
it's not like you can dip into another one and I was like yeah but I feel like I'm these two ty- like I'm a mix between these two <laughs> and the lady was like that's not really how it works and I was like hmm <laughs> made up system ma'am yeah it's not like it's not like a law of, of gravity know, or right? you know. <laughs> but yeah I found it and we've talked about Enneagram on this show before and um I'm actually surprised there actually are a lot of people that don't even know what it is which is interesting um, yeah yeah because then there's the other side of like it's so popular and it's like in your face all the time so yeah <laughs> um yeah I wonder because in college you did a lot of live performance acting um and now you do like you especially on the walking dead you did a lot of um, tv and then you've done some films as well like i'm not gonna ask like which one do you prefer because i hate that question when people ask that but i wonder like is there a difference for you like do you feel like obviously like one is you're performing in front of an audience so you feel the energy but like do you find that like your approach to it is different or is it the same? Hmm. My approach to it is very similar. Mm-hmm. And like, I always bring kind of a, I always, um, I, I keep my like theatrical approach um, to when I, when I work in film and movies as well, or uh, film and TV as well. Um, just like that basis of like I'm rehearsed I'm memorized I've made some choices and um, but like I'm open to what whatever happens in the moment you know as well Um, man but there's something really beautiful about theater of like nobody's gonna yell out cut right when you're in the middle of it you know you just get to be in it you get to like simmer in it and like the the lights are on on the stage you know and it's dark in the audience and so you're insulated in this little world and you get to live in it for as long as the scene is supposed to go and and anything could happen Mm. um and you know they say that theater is an actor's medium whereas film and television is a is a director's medium and that i so true because like when i'm on stage in the middle of a play the audience is immediately getting whatever I'm doing. Yeah, like they're yeah. immediately receiving it. Like there's nobody that can interpret it differently between me and them. There's nobody that can edit out a moment so mm-hmm. that the audience, like the audience is going to see my interpretation of this character. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like in television, you know, I can, I can have all these, like, I could feel so convicted about like these choices or these ideas and I can bring them and a director can just say, well, me use that take or we're going to edit this so that the moment looks entirely different and look and we're going to take your reaction from this moment and apply it, it to that moment instead so like so you know it a lot of I think like the editor's of, medium really <laughs> it, very much so and you know often the director is there like hovering yeah. like with them so it's yeah. um so I you know you'll hear some actors that have done film and tv for a while get kind of jaded and they're because because sometimes sometimes you feel a little puppeteered Mm. Uh, this may be a dumb question but when you're doing takes and takes like do you when if you go back and watch something do you know like which take they shoot can you watch them and be like oh that was like the fifth time I did it or oh I've I've never I don't think my memory is good enough (laughs) maybe it's happened before but I know I know I've watched something I've been like was that really my best take? 
Yeah. Is that the best that I gave them? Because I hate that take. Ah. Well, yeah, and, and to a certain extent, as an actor, you have to put so much trust in the director to choose your, to choose yep. your best take, right? And sometimes, sometimes like a director will be like, hey, I really want you to do it this way. And you'll be like, oh, I don't really want to do it that way. And I'm going to be the one seen doing it that way. And it's like mm-hmm. going to be my face on it. And then, um, and then you'll be like, okay, well, like maybe I'll just give them like one take of that. And we'll like yeah. compromise but then they're going to choose that take. Yeah. So I heard one actor. Have you had it happen that. where that happened and then they came back and they were like, actually, I don't like it. Sometimes they have to see it to know that like, oh, I don't like it. But like, I think I read in an acting book one time, they were like, they were like, look, this will not make you an agreeable person and nobody will like you if you do this. But they, but this guy was like, do not give them a take if you're not like convinced that right. like, that, like if you don't want that to be in the movie then you can't give it to them right. yeah <laughs> so but I like I that's been a fight for me just to be less agreeable <laughs> that's so interesting um because you do I mean from actors you do hear like yeah it's really up to whatever the director wants and I'm sure sometimes the writer to a certain extent I'm sure it depends on who the writer is um but yeah, that's so interesting. I, I mean, for me, I've really gotten into film and I mean, really uh, television, obviously it's like all around us, but movies and film, I've really gotten into that world in the past like five years because theater is just not as accessible. Um, yeah. It's just like so expensive and <laughs> unfortunately, but I mean, listen, my, I'm such a theater nerd. I think I've said it on the show like a million times and it's yeah there's really truly nothing like being at a show and watching it live I mean as much as I love watching Hamilton on Disney plus like a million times like (laughs) there's really nothing like being in at the show like there just isn't so yeah I know know. uh, that's so interesting to hear yeah that it is that the actors like it's really up to because too I wonder if there's any merit to like the past like 20 years there's really been I've seen this shift of like um people knowing who directors are people knowing who like showrunners are and because before maybe the 2000s like people only knew the actors and like they really were invested in them and I don't is there any like correlation with that even too does that make sense yeah I wonder you know I just I feel like it, it's, I don't like the idea that it's like, well, whatever the director wants. I feel like film is, is beautiful because it's so collaborative. Right. Like it, it's, it's supposed to be a collaboration and like, I'm going to bring my expertise as an actor, please bring your expertise as a director um, and the editor. And like, you know, there's just so many people involved. So well, I've heard the same about theater too. So mm-hmm. that it's very collaborative. Yeah. The only thing is that like, in theater once the show go is it's going you know (laughs) it's just it's happening yeah yeah um in film you know we we get to perfect it before we allow our audience to be there and witness it you know do you like doing a lot of takes or um not usually um because i try to i i try to come very prepared Mm-hmm. um like fully memorized and like like if it's an emotional scene for instance like I have a certain process of like showing up like full emotionally and 
like, and I'm timing it all like precisely when they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to be shooting this in like five minutes or like 10 minutes or like, okay, Hey, they're setting up the light. So we're going to go ahead and stand in and I'm timing it all so that I'm full when we're ready to go, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm not giving a hundred percent in rehearsal. That's really important in film and TV. It's like, if you get depleted, then don't go hundred percent in rehearsals, like save it. And so then I'm saving it. So really I want to nail it in the first, like, mm -hmm few takes yeah um and i most directors are very pleased with that because it saves time right. and if you have a great crew and and, and the camera get, gets it right and you hit your mark then like we're good but i know there's like there's some director I, maybe it's david fincher i was just gonna mention him so he like social network like the first scene in that movie they did like a hundred takes of or like yes Mm -hmm, because and he has the theory that like it never really sounds natural until you're just like saying until you said it like a hundred times and and it's just rolling off which there's validity to that yeah. but well, you could also i've heard him say like um actors are there to act so that's what they want to do so if you want to just keep doing takes then just keep doing them um, and you know what if i was working with david fincher <laughs> i will give you 110 takes <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mr. Fincher, I would love to go again. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, yeah, hire Lindsay. <laughs> um, well, and he and he gets great work out of people. I mean, there's just no question. I mean, his, yes, and so the trust the trust would just be there. You know, if yeah. if I was working with David Fincher, yeah, like I'm saying, I would I would trust him so implicitly that we'll go as many times as, and right. I would just be grateful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just interesting because you've heard I mean I've I think I've heard on television specifically like because that you you just it's so rigorous like you don't there there are some shows that you just don't get like you just you're just going through it as fast as you can yes. because you're just trying to get it done yeah. and um I wonder if like even I think Fincher has worked on a show but I wonder if even on his show he Mindhunter Yes, on Mindhunter, yeah. If they did multiple takes, like as many takes on that. Um, but yeah, I just wonder, I mean, every actor I'm sure has a different preference for it, mm -hmm. um, for sure. I well, TV faster than film. I, I, yeah. I'm curious too if, if, if he was able to do that on Mindhunter because TV is just so like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Like very few but takes. it's also Netflix, so I'm sure they're like, whatever. Like they can give, yeah. him, they can give him... And he's David, again, he has a name, but like everyone knows that like, he's great. Let's do his thing. Right, right. Um, and I'm sure for, I, I want like first time directors, if it's like, okay, we got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I actually worked with um, Kimberly Pierce, who's an amazing, oh my God, one of the greatest directors. Um, she did an episode of a show I was doing called Six. She, she directed Boys Don't Cry um okay. late 90s early 2000s and she like the one with hillary swank is that yes, yes. and mm -hmm. she would work us for like 14 16 hour days and like it always cost production so much money right and everybody was so pissed off and everybody was so tired but like the episodes would always just like look so beautiful that they would they would bring her back the next season even though they knew it was just going to cost so much more <laughs> to hire her because she was yeah. just good at what she did and it was like yeah. so worth it well there's a i'm sure there's a certain aspect of like if it's good and if people are liking it then why not take that much time to do it i mean i mean if you really value the quality of the art right. like if, if if we're not just 
here to make more money and like if you really do want to make something beautiful then like yeah they could they could afford to spend that money on kimberly pierce making a beautiful but then there are those movies like silver linings playbook i don't know if you know that movie was shot in like 20 days and it's that that to me just like blows my mind because then there's things like that where i'm like how did they get that done like (laughs) it's just crazy Uh, but again like it's money it's probably just money they just didn't have enough money oh really they didn't have enough well not enough money i mean i just i wonder if they just they just didn't have time to to do it so they had to shoot it in that amount of time um but also they had big stars in that so i'm sure they had to like pay them (laughs) i mean they had to pay them but and yeah and they probably that maybe the stars needed to get in and get out and so they're like look we we have jennifer lawrence for 20 days let's gotta make it happen (laughs) yeah that's true that's true I, i from what i know of the acting this yeah it's all about scheduling too and all of that i'm mm-hmm. sure i want to talk about walking dead for a little bit because i just want to talk about like your experience from like either like getting it from your agent and then auditioning like was that how it happened or like yeah what was your the process and then just what was your experience like filming it and doing the seasons and all of that yeah um so i was where was I when I I think I had just done my first series regular role on that show six for the history Mm -hmm. channel um and you know you get exciting auditions all the time you're always auditioning for like big stuff you're always auditioning for like really cool stuff that like you just can't get attached to any of them so I'm like so one day I just get a I get a self-tape audition from my agent self-tape meaning um you know, when you audition for something, oftentimes you're not going in the room. I'm saying this mostly for the people listening. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Not You're not going in the room. You're just like you re- shooting a scene on your iPhone in front of a backdrop, like at your place. So, Isn't, so it, I get it. most of things, that's how it's done now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to meet you in person. <laughs> who wants to who wants to have a meeting in person when you can just send in a tape? We could do it all digital. Oh, okay. So, uh, pause you here just for a second do you prefer doing it in person than on tape I do um not I do because I I always feel like I make a better impression when I get to be met in person and found that with other actors that's the case too like they prefer to do it in person or um I've I've heard similar things from other actors it's like I know I can send you like a perfect tape if I get to do it myself in a controlled environment like whatever but um, casting directors remember you when they meet you in person. Right, right. So I once heard a casting director say, it takes me one time of meeting an actor in person to remember them. It takes me three self-tapes of seeing them um, to remember. Yeah. So it just, it just makes more of an impression when you get to go in. So if I had the option to go in, I'll always go in. But, you know, this one was for a self-tape. And so I was at my parents' house at the time in Virginia. And I put together a self-tape. And this is like made up scene because you know it's so super secretive and um Mm. made up character name and I remember it's like I'm like this like fun like badass girl and I like shoot this guy and I'm like oh shit he's cute like (laughs) after I like kill him and um sent it in and you just 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 gotta be so strict about it I just never think about it again after I submit it and I think it was like a week later I my agent calls me and she's like, Hey, 
they want to book you for Walking Dead for two episodes. And I think I was at the DMV and I was just like (laughs) thrilled, so excited. And I'm like freaking out. And I was with my best friend at the time. And um, it was just like super exciting. And, you know, it all happened so fast. I have to be there tomorrow for fittings and hair and makeup tests. And we start shooting right away. Like, where do they shoot uh, that? Where? Mm Mm-hmm. In Atlanta or an hour south of Atlanta in a place called Peachtree. And like, I was just so nervous. I was Mm. so nervous. It was just such a big production. You know, they've been going for seven seasons. Show is humongous. Everybody's been working on this show for forever. So they are like a well-oiled machine and it moves really fast. Mm. And like, I'm handed like a handgun and I'm not like really gun friendly like I don't know how to like make it look like I like always have this gun like right and I (laughs) it just was like terrifying to be honest to come into a show that had us like fan base already too yeah like it's and you're just like holy shit this is such a big deal Mm. and just like the pressure really got to me especially for that first season at a hard time um and you know it just got easier and then so yeah it was only supposed to be two episodes I I just keep getting calls and they're like hey you're in this episode so be here on this date and I'm like okay cool um <laughs> you were so I just for, kept going was it three seasons or I was in it for four seasons four seasons actually okay. yeah um and so I keep going back and I keep filming and just like having fun and you know everybody's always like trying to figure out when are they gonna die what how are how long am I gonna be on the show and I just like would just oh I'm just here today to shoot and it just kept happening like that for four years and had some really great material sometimes and sometimes had really great material that would get cut um from the show and which is great and lesson in professional acting my first (laughs) experience with that and got to work with the counts countless talented directors and shadow some really great people make some friends and it finally all came to a close this past season um when I got noticed that I'd be killed by beta one of the whispers <laughs> <laughs> and got to shoot a really fun death scene and mm. like overall really positive experience yeah can you talk speak to just like a day like a typical day on like a big set and like what that looks like and yeah like just for people that I mean I'm interested but yeah (laughs) but a lot of times like so I'd wake up like super early around like three or four and then they'd like send a van to the hotel I stay I always stayed at this little hotel there in Petrie City and they'd come pick me up I'd go to set you know um let me ask how far in advance would you get a script Mm, only a few days usually if I was a series regular maybe maybe a week Mm -hmm. um but I know Jeffrey Dean Morgan was always complaining because he would have his character always had these humongous monologues and there were always rewrites and he was you know you get the script super late um because it's all just it's all just moving so quickly yeah Um, so yeah I get to set and like somebody comes is like what do you want for breakfast and then you go and like sit in the makeup chair and get into wardrobe and then a lot of times sometimes I end up like falling asleep in my trailer for like two hours until somebody (laughs) comes to get me sometimes it was just like 
immediately like get, getting you right to set and you know walking dead so often we're shooting outside right we all like we're on our lot we have like a bunch of big stages for like indoor stuff but then so often we're shooting like in the woods mm-hmm. somebody's spraying you down with bug spray because everybody's getting bit wow. to death for walking dead the heat was always like a big consideration because it's Atlanta and the summer and sometimes yeah. it was getting up to 100 degrees there was one time I there was one time that I passed out <laughs> it always happens to someone it's like no matter how much water you drink just like at some point somebody like just like falls over and I remember after like one of my one of my days of shooting we had been shooting all day weather on concrete I we all were gonna the cast was gonna go out to dinner and I went back to the hotel and I just like I laid down on my bed just to close my eyes for a second and then I was like gonna take a shower and we were all gonna go and I fell asleep for 13 hours oh my goodness <laughs> and no one came and got you no everybody like wondered where I was like like we weren't shooting or anything we were oh, done okay. like I fell asleep like around like 7 30 and didn't wake up until like nine in the morning like I just like I think I I think that was heat exhaustion yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so um yeah it was fun we were always just like playing around in the woods and yeah like kind of familiar to your upbringing a little bit (laughs) yeah very much so like I know what to do about triggers and ticks yeah yeah Yeah. everyone was like wait what's this now (laughs) and then like you know I got to have a few zombie kills which was super fun and yeah I wonder uh, kind of similar to like the a little bit preferring like uh, tv theater and film and all of that but do you love playing a character over multiple seasons versus like doing a movie that's very self-contained is there something that you prefer a little bit more it is kind of nice like the format of tv where like you're like, oh, I, I know, I know who this character is. And like, you have more time to just like flesh it out. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes with like a movie, it's like 30 days. And then afterwards you're like, oh, you're like hemming and hawing about like what choices you could have made, should have made. Um, and you know, TV too, to some extent, but, um, but you have maybe more time just to like explore a bit more. Um, if, if you go back and watch like the earliest seasons of the office, Kevin doesn't like have that voice affect at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and then it just like develops and you don't really notice it happening, <laughs> but then like looking into like later seasons, like four or five, six, like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, he like all of a sudden starts speaking like, but it's just, so I don't know like you can get away with little stuff like that in a television show like I wouldn't yeah. want you know it's not ideal but <laughs> well, it, well Gilmore Girls is like my favorite show of all time and interestingly like Melissa McCarthy if you watch her like first season of Gilmore Girls and then to what she's doing now her voice mm-hmm. is very different like mm. it's like it's very interesting I don't know what she's it, I don't even know if it's like a conscious thing it's just mm-hmm. it's a very interesting thing and and actually I think even Alexis Bledel who played Rory is her voice is different it's like very breathy and not deep and then as like the last season it's like deeper and and stuff like that so uh, but stuff like that I'm always like is that conscious or is it just like are you just like is that no, your it, voice it could 
it could be a relaxation thing. Like mm. in those earlier seasons, like if she was younger and, you know, greener. What was her first thing she ever did too? So was it, was it her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I would, pro- I would guess that it was like, she just wasn't entirely relaxed. Like one of the things we studied in acting school was just like how relaxation can affect your voice. And sometimes people, weird things will happen to your voice when you're, when you're. That's so not- interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone does weird things when they're nervous too. Isn't that so weird? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I have this thing. I like, I like lift my head when I act. Like, I just like, I start to like float away and like, I'm constantly getting the note of like, can you like bring your head down? Like, because it, it's just like, I just want to like, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. We all have our little isms, <laughs> our little tics. Well, with Alexis Bledel, and I know too many facts about Gilmore Girls, is um, her Spanish is her first language. Oh, so, I think I've heard that before. So English, and that's also very, first of all, she's incredible. Like, you would not know, like, at all that's, that English was not her first language. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just insane. Especially the amount of dialogue they have in that show is, like, crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, rabbit trails, I love them. Um, I don't know. This may be a basic question, but well, I'm gonna ask it anyway because it's my show and I can do whatever I want. Um, but is there because you started in theater and now you're doing more TV and film? Was it hard at first when you first started doing TV and film, of like not being so big and like because you hear like you it's like the camera is so close and like you you it's very subtle like you want to be subtle and not show a lot. Was that difficult at all? Um. I think, I think people were prepping me for that. Like I took like a film acting class in college and it, and it, it clicked when you watch, um, when you were like watching your own scenes on, on a screen and watching other people in your class, like it, it clicked that like, oh, you don't have to add anything to this. Mm -hmm. You can literally just, just bring the most authentic thing you can bring and that will be plenty. So I was like, Got it. And I love that because I, I think part of me never really felt accustomed to how much I had to bring to the stage, like how, how um, magnified it had to be. Like it had to, it has to be so authentic. It just has to be a bit like turn up the volume. The back of the room, right? Like, yeah. 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 Um, and so I, I, you know, I, I probably leaned too heavily on my mics when I was in on the stage and, you know, I never really was in the musicals. Like I did a few musicals, but like, that was never uh, really, excuse my- me. I saw you in South Pacific. Thank you very That's much. That's true. I, <laughs> and that was so fun. Um, but I think like, I really find my home on the screen when I can, um, when I can just bring a really stripped down version of something and like all the nuance that you get to catch when you're so much closer mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard actors talk about like those performances that are very subtle are like some sometimes the hardest to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've heard, I, I don't particularly love this movie to be honest, but I've heard like Manchester by the Sea. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, oh. I know everyone's like, oh, it's such. I I I liked moments of it, but it was a little too slow for me. That's just my it's opinion. It's slow. Yeah, it's slow. But like Casey Affleck, like it's very subdued. Like it's very inward. It's not like showy at all. Um, and I've heard just actors say that that that's the hardest to do because your actors are very like want to show off all the time. 
Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you think, agree, but. <laughs> I think a lot of actors have this like fear of like being boring in their performances. Like, oh, I can't be boring. Like I have to do something interesting, interesting. And I feel like the best acting advice I ever got was probably from Chris Nelson, who, um, and for listeners, Chris Nelson was one of my hacking teachers and um, Taylor knows him as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but he wonderful. would say like, or I can't remember if he said it or if Neil did, but it was, the advice was, don't worry about being interesting, be interested and you will be interesting. So like be interested. And when you're interested, when you're engaged, when you're involved, like we, like we can't help but look like there's like kind of like this voyeuristic um, tendency of people to like watch people that are like engrossed in something. And so like as an actor, like watching Casey Affleck, you can tell that he's like, even though it's not like loud or showy, like he's like busy here. He's like wrestling with something. He's, he's working through something like he's doing something and we can see it. And so we're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to a certain extent, like that's real life. Like that's like, and I mean, real people aren't showy most, some of the time. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and I think, content has really gotten to this i mean even look at like nomadland this year like it's which i haven't seen yet but i'm excited to see i'm so excited yeah like that's real that that's the realest you can get like that's i mean they shot with a real nomad for people that don't know it's coming out on hulu on the the 19th i think this month oh it's not out till the 19th yeah i know (laughs) but like i feel like content has really turned to this like realistic like being very accurate to like people's which I don't think is a bad thing I just think it's interesting that it's kind of geared to like showing the day-to-day and like what people are really like um and representing people representation is like a really big thing Mm -hmm. um which I think is great it's just interesting to see that like shift in the last you know 15 years of like oh like would no man land even gotten been made 15 years ago like probably not (laughs) probably not um or it would have and no one would have even paid attention to it like (laughs) um I wonder if there's any like what you would say as far as like where you are now to the to your like when you were first starting out like if what not advice per se but like is there anything you would say to like the Lindsley that first started versus where you are now like having all this experience of working on sets and doing a lot of different things like what would you say to her that of things that you know now I, I, mm, I would tell her um, that it's going to be really difficult to trust yourself, Mm. but you can, because you are trustworthy. Um, I think I had this broken, um, like, I think I had this misconception of myself. And I think maybe some of this came from some like misguided religious teachings that like, Mm that you can't like, that it's like a bad idea to like, to listen to yourself and like check in with like your gut and your instincts that like, that because those things are inherently bad, like that you can't trust them. Um, And I think I would tell younger Lindsley to, that they can, that they can and should be trusted, that she should, that she should trust herself. Hmm. Um, I think I, I think I would have made, 
I think I'll, I think I make better decisions when I trust myself. Mm. Um, and, and, and so I'd want that for her. (laughs) Do you mind me asking like, what got you to this point, that point of like, finally saying like, oh, I should trust the decisions that I make. It's something that I'm still like fighting to to, like latch onto. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know when it started happening, but maybe when I just decided to have more grace for myself, I, I I was having like, how can I have more grace for myself? If I, if I believe that like I'm broken and I'm not trustworthy and my intentions are inherently bad and my heart is inherently bad and, and my tendency is like, how can, how can I like hold these two things when they seem like they're in so much conflict? Um, so the, but the more grace I started to have for myself, the more I started to tell myself like, no, I'm not inherently bad. And, and maybe I'm not inherently good either. I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a mixture of a person and we're all just very complicated. And, you know, we all have our shadow and we, and we all like want and crave beauty and love, which are, which are wonderful things as well. And so given that I'm not inherently bad, like, I think deep down, I want good things for myself and for other people. And so, so I, I can ask myself hard questions and, and find answers for myself. And that doesn't mean that I'm not also praying about things. It doesn't mean that I'm not also seeking like great counsel, but yeah. my, my progress, uh, for me, progress looks like asking myself and saying, all right, what do you really want to do? Mm. What, what, where do you feel comfortable? Do you feel uncomfortable about this thing? All right, let's not do that thing. Like has been tuning in tuning in with my the real desires as far as like things you're doing in your career I assume or like ways you want to go or just personal day-to-day things it all feels so related for me because like so much of my so much of how I approach my career is also like how I approach life and relationships and my day-to-day in general of, you know, I, I, I bring the same values to all those different spaces, values of like, I want to do quality work. I want to be like a kind person. I want to, want to bring value. Like I want to, I want to help and I want to support and, and like have peace. Yeah. So, so yeah, it all, it all kind of bleeds into each other. Mm. We talked a little bit about like how, acting in a way is just like empathy um is is it therapeutic for you in a way too like do you find like embodying another character like therapy um I I tell people (laughs) this is gonna sound a little hypocritical probably (laughs) I tell people like don't approach acting for therapy, right? Don't, don't come to it for therapeutic reasons. Cause you'll spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, um, I really don't feel like I experienced real empathy and real curiosity for other people's lived experiences until I started acting yeah. because there's just something natural and magical that happens when, mm-hmm. when you're like, I'm going to totally give in to this person's lived experience and not Mm. only like am I going to listen to it but I'm going to live it Mm. Uh, I'm going to live it for them with them whatever yep like you can't help but 
love people a bit more, see them in with more grace and with more tenderness Mm -hmm. when you choose to go into it like fully. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that I think is a very beautiful and therapeutic thing. Mm -hmm. I said this before, it's like the to kill mockingbird of it all of like stepping in, you know, stepping in someone else's shoes and like getting their perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of, to a certain extent, what acting is. I mean, you're just getting in yeah. someone else's skin. And I mean, even in, I've, I've heard of in therapy, people use tool, like they use role play as a tool. Like, right. Hey, I want you to speak like him for a minute. What? Mm-hmm. So, so really like say what he's thinking, like from his perspective, like yep. they use that, like that, that's kind of telling to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. As someone that studied psychology, I, uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I did role playing in classes and I didn't even yeah. think of it. <laughs> it's that is powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's harder in classes when you have to like make up stuff, but <laughs> oh, writing the lines. Right. Um I wonder if I uh, kind of lastly talking about acting too, of like what advice would you give to people that are just starting out or getting into the business? Um, yeah, what people what would you kind of tell people? I would say like, you know, you've already heard how hard it is. You've already heard how hard it's going to be, how much rejection is involved. And maybe you really get that. Maybe you really don't. And you'll get it 10 years from now. Who knows? But like, like if you have, if you have the inclination to be an actor, go for it. Like, don't, don't, you don't want to be looking back 10, 20 years from now and going like, oh, I really wanted to do that. And I just never did. So Mm -hmm. go for it. No, knowing how difficult it's going to be and like, whatever, like if you love it, do it. Um, I would say like prioritize, prioritize making quality art, meaning like go to class, um, work on yourself, go to therapy, have (laughs) hobbies, maintain great relationships don't lose yourself in the pursuit of it because you don't need to it doesn't require that sacrifice on your part (laughs) it really doesn't Mm -hmm. you'll make better art if you are taking care of yourself and (laughs) and and i think the last thing i would say is if you're looking if if your goal is to like do this as like a full-time career and make all of your money from it you're going to have to be you, or you may have to be extremely patient. Like, you know, some people have this idea that like, I, like I got in, you know, cause I, cause I worked as an actor full time for the past five years. Right. Um, but actually what people don't see is that for the past year, I've been like auditioning, 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 really trying to hop into a new show. And then I'm not booking and who knows when I could book again, I could have, I could have a three or four or five or seven year streak of not booking anything because like we talked about, there's just so much of it is timing and luck and opportunity. But the grounding part for me is, is that I love it. It's just what I do. And, and I'm just going to trust that it's, you know, I'm going to find ways to take care of myself in the meantime. And it's, it's all going to be okay. It really is. Yeah. 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 And, so, and you know, you we hear, have to relinquish control over the things we can't control. Right. right. You hear, I mean, you see those, I, I, even recently I've been so aware of like some actors that are, you know, people know about, sometimes you don't hear about them until they're like 40 like that. And they've, but yeah. they've been working. They just, 
they finally get this one maybe this one thing just like clicks with audiences and they're just like that's that's what but they're not it's taken a long time and that's just what it is I mean and so much of that is out of your control to a certain extent too (laughs) yep yeah um I thought of one more question while you were talking because I and I'm just gonna ask it but what for you um where do you like see yourself go like in five or ten years like is it just like continuing like just be a working I mean is that the goal is just a working actor is that just what it what it is or is it like are there certain projects you're looking for or looking to want to do or like what what does that look like it it, you know my when I used to think about like goals in terms of like the next like five or ten years like I always said like I just want to be a working actor I just want to be a working actor I just want to be a working actor and I think in the past year, that's changed a little bit. Like I thought like, you know, I just really want to be happy actually. Like I really want to like live like a really peaceful, happy life. Mm. Um, and that involves several things. Like acting is one of those things. Mm. Um, but it also involves like cooking for my friends regularly. It involves like going to the beach regularly, taking weekend trips, camping regularly. Right. Um, Like, and, and that was like, that was a big light bulb moment for me. Um, I do see myself acting for the rest of my life and I don't necessarily know what, I don't know how much of it I'll, you know, be able to snatch. And there's some, there's some things I can do to take um, hold of my career right now. I'm developing a television show with a girlfriend from Walking Dead. Um, It's comedy and I'm stoked about it. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I've, I was a producer on Scorn, the movie I made yes. with um, some friends several years, several years ago. But um, but this would be my first, this would be my first round like pitching a show to networks. Right. So we'll see what happens there. It's that's kind of what I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to doing more comedy in, in the next stage of my career. I miss it, and yeah. that's my hope. That's so awesome. Oh, I would love 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 to see where that goes I, <laughs> comedies are so like they're they're really to a certain extent like warm blankets for a lot of people um so yeah that's exciting not th- not that obviously walking dead can be a warm blanket for someone but it's just more intense <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um well of course all, all our listeners know at the end of the show i like to ask people two questions um every episode and firstly being of course if i was able to hand you a blank check Lindsley register maybe one day but not right now unfortunately (laughs) um if I was able to hand you a blank check and say use this toward your passion how would you use that I I don't know how satisfying this answer is gonna be (laughs) but I think my passion even even more so than acting is just like taking care of people Mm -hmm. uh and so if I was genuinely handed a blank check (laughs) to like pursue my passion my passion would be like you're going to therapy and you're getting groceries and yep. you're like you're getting childcare. like it would yeah. it would involve like um it would it just involve like finding ways to better take care of my community mm. honestly because yeah. because at the end of the day at the end of the day, I'm going to make movies and I, and I hope that they move people and I hope that they inspire people and I hope all these beautiful things come out of it. But with unlimited financial resources, I find that I have like a, a, an even bigger passion, which is just yeah. to make sure that we're all like loving each other and taking care of each other really well. I love it. 
Oh, I love that. You're not the only one that said that, so uh, that's great. We'll we'll just form a team. Yay! To do it, you gotta find the blank check. <laughs> yes, somewhere. <laughs> um, someone on the show said Bezos, like Jeff Bezos, can do it. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bezos, make it happen. Right? Give back. It's yeah. time. Eventually, we'll just say his name so much on the show that he'll just have to listen. Um, <laughs> well, and secondly, of course. Uh, the second question is what is something that you're loving right now? And we talked about a lot of different things even throughout the episode, but um, yeah. What is, what, what is that for you? It can be multiple things too. Right now I am loving surfing. I am oh, obsessed. So great. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Um, I'm going to go today. Like, it's just something about like being in the ocean and then like the sun setting over mm. like right there and your phone is far away from you it's all the way on the beach where you can't reach it and like yeah. you're in this cold water and you feel awake and alive and there were two reasons why I didn't want to surf sharks and cold and the wetsuit keeps you warm and you just you feel invincible when you're up on the board you feel like you're on a little boat you forget for how me it would water. be falling in sharks that would be <laughs> falling into the sharks yeah no just like like not staying on the board at all <laughs> Oh, but it's like, you know, if you crash when you're skateboarding, you like you're hitting concrete. If you crash when you're That's surfing, true. you just fall in the water. But then but the I shark mean, could come and eat you. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. The sharks are very real, but that but is then you oh, could be that. like, you know, soul search soul surfer, soul surfer, whatever the girl, the woman that like yeah. you could have a story, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All I have to do is just like get maimed by a shark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, I've never surfed, but maybe one day, I don't know. My wife was a big skier in high school and that's obvious. I mean, they're very different, but there's a certain like similarity to like snowboarding and surfing too. And, yep. um, I don't know if I could do, I, I, I don't know. I, I would definitely try it. I always say like, even with like foods, I like, I'll try anything, but I may not like it. <laughs> anything once. Yeah. So that's fun. That's a very Californian of you. Um, I also answer this question and I um, actually recorded an episode last night. So I'm like, what am I going to (laughs) say? Sometimes I record these multiple um, in a row. I do want to shout out. I've, I've referenced this on the show already, but if you're not watching WandaVision on Disney plus, um, it's just they're doing such incredible work on that show and i just i i literally i've watched i mean the as um as of recording this only five episodes have come out um and i literally was like told my wife like we we have to you have to watch it so we're like going back and watching it because it's just that good and um people that love entertainment and and tv like will enjoy it too because it's really i mean it's they're taking it like you know going through sitcoms like different eras of sitcoms is kind of the gimmick and there's other things with it too but it's just so good so i know i've referenced on the show before but guys go watch it it's so good um and the second thing i really i'm really just i love youtube i really just want to shout out youtube for a little bit I'm like, there's so many, I find myself, and maybe it's just like how old I am and like the era I grew up in of like YouTube really became popular when I was like 13. And and it's just, there's so many great things you can find on there and like you can spend, I mean, hours on it. And there's like, you could just learn. And I can't even really think of a time where YouTube wasn't a thing because 
there's just you can learn so much too like i learned how to like put a light bulb in my car like that from youtube like that's how um so yeah youtube sponsor us if you want not a sponsor but (laughs) um well lindsley thank you so much for doing this yeah thanks for having me taylor yeah it was so much fun catching up again and everyone go follow her i think it's lindsley register right on instagram Mm -hmm. on instagram yep Yep. And then Scorn is on Amazon Prime. I know that. And Apple TV. Yeah. And Apple TV. So go check that out. That movie. Um, I haven't watched it myself, but it, I've seen the trailer and it looks great. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. Now. And uh, Walking Dead, of course, guys, go watch, go watch how, you know, if you really just want to watch like her dying, like go watch that. <laughs> That's true. You can find it. Um, yeah, thanks for being on. I can't wait to see what happens next with your career and um comedy, man. That's where that's where it's that's where it's going. That's where it's going. <laughs> uh you guys know the drill. Share this episode if you liked it. Um go back and let's listen to some old episodes if you're just tuning in for this one. Um, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, passionproject.pod. You guys know the drill and uh Thank you again. Bye, guys. We will see you next time.